All right, welcome back to From Aid Arbitration. And let me start this episode off by telling uh, Michael Kariff, I appreciate you, my brother, for the episode last week. Now, we know <laughs> that the audio was not good. Uh, matter of fact, Mike and I, the next day, were talking and, and deciding if we wanted to do it over again and uh, just decided not to. You know, it's an hour and a half. I could understand everything he said. I know that there are some people that are talking about it going in and out, and, and we could hear that. We understood that. We think it was his uh, ear pods, and so uh, we just decided, you know, to let it run as is. I thought he did a fantastic job. Now, here's a business agent on a Sunday pulling over to the side of the road to talk to you all for an hour and a half about his heart. And so when I talk about the shepherd not the not the uh, sheep herder. Mike Carroll is a shepherd to me. Hey, that's that's a leader, uh, somebody that is is invested in letter carriers. That's all I ask is that our people that are in the union be invested in letter carriers. So, uh, Mike, I appreciate your brother. You know that. I thought you did a fantastic job. Next week, I believe we're going to have Mr. John Poskin. I'm trying to rearrange him and JB. JB's got to be gone for something. So John Poskin out of Region 3 is going to come on. He's going to talk about transfers. I've got two things that I get asked about the most, quarterly overtimes and transfers. I've done uh, transfer arbitrations before. We've been successful. also done quarterly overtime arbitrations before, kind of a mixed bag there. So next week I believe it's going to be John Poskin from Region 3, and then the next week, J.B., is going to be on doing quarterly overtime. I think you're going to like both of those episodes. It's going to be very informative. This week, I'm going to, to, to get off track a little bit as far as education is concerned, and I'm going to talk about kind of my state of our union address. <laughs> That's what we'll call it, okay? So my state of our union address, uh, how I see our union and as a letter carrier of 29 years, someone who's on the workroom floor every day, what I want from our new leadership in our union, okay? I think our past leadership has failed us miserably in certain aspects. Uh, they've done well in certain aspects, but I think that been a total failure in some things, and I'm going to talk about that today. Um, I do believe that as leaders of the union, especially the top spot, I understand the politics of it, that you have to get into those groups and and be political. You cannot forget us down here, and that happened to me with our past leadership. They, they forgot about us. Um, I see it too many times, uh, things that are put on social media, things that are sent to me. A lot of places have been forgotten by our union, and that's a direct correlation with failed leadership. And so we'll talk about that a little bit today, if that's all right with y'all, okay? So it's going to be kind of my state of our union address <laughs> as a non-president, all right, as a letter carrier. Somebody's been doing it for 29 years. Uh, we're going to talk about it today. Uh, it, it might get a little salty, like I said, but hell, I don't know. You know, I get into things if I get uh, emotional or animated, you know, just hang in there with me. It, it, letter carriers are, are it's personal to me. Uh, that's my heart is city letter carriers. And so, yeah, I get a little excited sometimes, get a little emotional. And uh, so bear with me, okay? 
and tell you a story kind of where I came from. Uh, I've told y'all many times about my childhood, my mother instilling in me family and protect family at all costs. Uh, my father was kind of the, the silent one. Uh, he had a reputation growing up, you know, when I was growing up in church, uh, you know, people would always talk to me about my dad in the neighborhood that he was in. Him and his brother, my uncle, were legendary as far as the things that they did. Uh, but my dad was kind of the quiet type, you know, he was a big man, uh, great father. Um, but you could tell that he was definitely about the business <laughs> of protection. <laughs> that, you know, that's just how that was his aura was that my mother was the one that was outspoken very much so and taught us family first and protect the family at all costs. My brother and sister were both like that. They were ready to boogie at any time uh, if something went down. And that's just how I was raised. And so that carried on through high school, through friends. Uh, if I ever saw one of them get jumped on, you know, we'd get about that business. When I started at the jail, it's really where it kind of took off for me as far as um, protection and standing up and not being afraid, not being scared. Uh, that kind of happened with me at the jail when I started working there. And the very first place I worked at, it was Davidson County, uh, obviously, was uh, where I worked, the correctional facilities there in Davidson County. But the very first place I worked was a place called the Workhouse. And it was uh, set alone. Uh, the jail was in the city. This kind of set off of the city a little bit. If you ever see inmates working on the road, uh, they were housed at the workhouse. It was a very minimum security, that section of the workhouse. It was like a big gymnasium, had a bunch of bunk beds. They were able to walk around freely, you know, and, the, and every morning they'd be picked up and go taken out. But inside the workhouse, it was called the slaughterhouse. Uh, it was the worst of the worst. If you couldn't make it in any other facility, they sent you to the workhouse. It was very maximum security there. And so here I come straight out of high school. I started there in 90. I graduated in 87. Uh, I started there in about 91. And um, I knew I wanted to be a letter carrier. So I worked as a TE in the mornings at the post office, worked full time. I, did, I carried mail and did uh, collection routes. And I worked at the jail at night because I had benefits through the jail, through the sheriff's department. And so uh, did that for about five and a half, six years before I finally went regular. You know, I made PTF and then I made regular, obviously, in 96. And um, so, but when I first started at the jail, I weighed about 170 pounds, 175 pounds. Uh, I was willing to get in there and scrap, but. I was light and ass. <laughs> I was a lightweight. <laughs> but a lot of a lot of individuals that worked there were not. They were monsters. I remember my supervisor at the time, his name was Richard Norris. And to this day, I feel like he's one of the baddest individuals I've ever met. His confidence. He was not a bigger guy. You know, he's bigger than me, but it was his confidence that he walked with, that he that he portrayed to the inmates. And through that confidence he garnered respect through his confidence. Um, but I'll never forget this one night. 
up at the it, trustees were separated and they were kind of in an upstairs hallway. Uh, they were separated from the other inmates because they would be leaving, you know, at all hours of the day. So one night, there's a free-for-all up there. We can hear it. I mean, there is a, they are getting down upstairs, the trustees. And you can just, if you ever worked at the jail, I don't know if anybody ever has, but it's a distinct sound when there's a fight. You can tell it immediately. And so uh, over the radio, the officer that works up there, he gives an all call. That means all available officers. We need you wherever we're at. It's an all call. So he gives an all call. We all take off running, you know, as many as we can. We're running up the stairs, and I'll never forget the guard that was working there. He's just pointing us down the hallway. He's like, it's down there on the left. It's down there on the left. And so everybody's running by him, running by him, going down. We squash it, you know. I'll never forget my supervisor, Richard Norris. When we're coming back, he tells the officer, he says, hey, man, let me talk to you downstairs. He goes downstairs, and he's like, don't you ever, ever do that again. And the guard's like, what are you talking about? He said, don't you ever run from a fight. You hear me? He said, if you ever run from a fight again, I'll make sure that you're fired. Don't you ever run from a fight. I wasn't running. I was just telling you. He said, we can tell where it's at. He said, you showed cowardice, and the inmates saw that. Don't you ever run from a fight. And so we go back to the office. And Norris kind of took me under his wing when I started. Uh, I guess he could tell that I was way out of my element <laughs> when I started there. Um, but he took me in the office and he said, listen to me, Corey. He said, as long as you work here, I don't know how long you're going to be here. He said, but anytime some shit goes down, you run to the fight. Don't you ever run from a fight. He said, you've got those that run to the fight and those that run from the fight. He said, don't you ever be one of those that run from the fight. And I remember that to this day. It was one of the most profound things that have ever been said to me. And one of the most fitting things that's ever been said to me as far as my path. For the next six years, I became a lead officer in the jail. Uh, when I left there, I weighed about 210 pounds. I worked out religiously to defend myself. And... Uh, then I came to the post office, and those things still ring true today. That, that thing that he told me, you always have those that run to the fight, and you have those that run from the fight. And today we're going to talk about both of those things. Those that run to the fight, and unfortunately those that run from the fight. Um, I think that as our union goes, we have too many people in our union now that run from the fight. I'll read some things too that people have put up as far as as their as far as their shop stewards are concerned. And these things are just on social media, just a couple of things, but I get things all the time in email and messages where people are seeking help about their leadership running from the fight. This one individual says, I have a complicated issue that I need help with. For quite some time now, our union president, Steward, who retired last October, has been pretty uninvolved and doing nothing for our carriers. In October this year, the membership voted to merge with a larger neighboring branch. That was supposed to take effect on December 1st. However, the NBA, working on the paperwork, quote-unquote, messed up 
And now the merger has been pushed back to January 1. The current branch president is now MIA, and no one can get in contact with her. There were several grievances that she was supposedly working on, some of which were repeat violations and quite serious. So now we're basically in limbo and have no representation. Management is going buck wild doing what they want and scheduling investigative interviews with carriers knowing that we don't have any representation. Management was told to contact the NBA office to arrange union representation, but they're just bypassing that. Here's another one that somebody was talking about. Said that they had requested information for discipline and the information was never given. And so they sent up the file to the formal step A, contending that no information was given to support this person in the discipline case, right? And it says, three months go by before I finally get the outcome, and it's only after asking seven times. Formal A agreed to keep it on file for six months. Now remember, this is discipline that management refused to give information. Anything. They didn't give anything to this individual. And the formal A for us said we'll keep it on file for six months. Am I crazy or was this an unfair outcome for the CCAs? Formal A states when asked by Stewart, me, how did this happen? Management failed to provide requested information. Was that I should have been more specific on who's 3972s to request rather than the entire office, which is complete horseshit. And also said, if sent to B-team, it could have stayed on for a year. I'm sorry, but if our formal A and B-team reps are this ignorant to realize they did not meet just cause, then I'm just speechless, I guess. I have no words for what's happening. Here's another one. Okay, so in my, my uh, postmaster's cracking down on all carriers must have six inches of flats in their arm at all times when casing mail. Me and three others have been investigated. The other two received their write-ups. During my investigation, I asked them to provide rulers so we can correct our mistakes. I feel since she didn't measure our flats when she spoke to us, we should have the right to dispute this fact. Am I in the wrong? Shop Stewart doesn't want to dispute. Just take the write-up and supervisor's agreements for six months. I get hundreds of those right there. That is our union running from the fight. That is our union running from the fight. As, as a union, from the top down to the shop steward, from the very top, I mean, from the, the president of the NALC, all the way down to the shop steward, we have to run to the fight at all times. At every position, we need to run to the fight. If there is a position in our union where we are not running to the fight, they need to get those people and get them the fuck out of our union. Right? Because as a union, you run to the fight. That's what we do. That's what we do. We run to the fight. I think that one of the things that has been such a failure on our past leadership is education. I do. I believe that's a, that's a failure. And, and if it was not a failure, y'all would have never heard of Corey Walton. You would have never heard the name Corey Walton if it wasn't a complete failure. The only reason you know of Corey Walton is because somebody up there talked to me about doing this because our leadership was failing our members as far as education is concerned. 
If that was not the case, you would not know who I was. You would have never heard of from, from aid arbitration, right? We've got to educate everyone in our union as far as shop stewards, formal A's, B teams. Everybody needs to be educated. How do you do that? I don't know. But have we thought about it? To me, uh, you could possibly have the business agent send out an email to the branch presidents saying, hey, look, we want to know from our members what's their biggest concern. What are the issues that we're having on the workroom floor? And we can tell them to relay that to us via email so that the branch president, if they're worthless as shit, they don't get these surveys and like, well, that one's bad about me. Let me throw that away. This one's bad about me. Let me throw that away. And I'll send up these good ones to the NBA. Hey, everything's kosher. There needs to be some kind of checks and balances. The people on the workroom floor need to be able to contact and get in touch with the business agent via a survey, not a phone call, because rarely ever will they talk to you and call you back. Not through the RAA, because rarely ever will the RAA call you back or talk to you. They get too inconvenienced, is what I see coming back to me through emails. There needs to be some form of communication from the letter carrier on the workroom floor saying, hey, look here, I'm disgruntled. And the reason I'm disgruntled is because I've got a failure as a shop steward. I've got a failure as a branch president. And they're not representing us fully. So what is our avenue? Now, I always tell people, just vote the some bitches out. If they're not doing their job, just vote the some of bitches out at every level. Whoever it is, if they're not doing their job, vote the motherfuckers out. But if a shop steward wins an election or if he's appointed because the old shop steward steps down or something, and you've got some years maybe before there's a new election, what do we do? Do we just have to take two years of shit? Surely not. That can't be the answer. You cannot leave my people to squander for two years until a new election with piss poor representation. What can we do? I think a survey would be good. Now, here's the union. They're going to say, hey, look here, man. We just had a national election. Only 15% of the people voted. But now 100% of the people want to bitch. <laughs> Only 15% voted in the election that we just had. But 100% want to bitch about something? You're fucking a right. If I pay dues, you better damn well believe I'm going to bitch about something if I've got something to bitch about. If I'm paying you money to represent me, you better well know that I'm going to bitch about something. Maybe I didn't vote. I should have. Maybe I didn't. That does not give you the right to misrepresent me because I pay you dues. Let me ask you something. If you were going to put an alarm system in your house, you just moved into a house that's very nice, and you look up alarm systems and you find Corey Walton Alarm Services, and you call Corey Walton and you say, hey, I'm, I just moved into this house. I need you to put in an alarm system for me. And here comes Corey. He comes out there and he says, hey, look here. It's going to be $50 a month. Ooh, shit, that's steep. Yeah, but listen to what I've got for you. It's going to be $50 a month. But when you turn this alarm system on, any human being that steps in your yard, this alarm system will go off. Not birds, not squirrels, not deers. It can detect actual human activity. 
It will not go off all night because a squirrel has run through your yard or a dog has run through your yard. Only human beings, if they step into your yard, will this alarm go off. So you can sleep well at night knowing that there's nobody stepping into your yard. Are you serious? Yes. Yes, I am. I'm serious. This is Corey Walton. I wouldn't lie to you. We'll take it. Sounds good. Hooks it up. First night goes by, you sleep better than you've ever slept before because you got this alarm system. You go downstairs, you drink your coffee, eat your breakfast, you're going out to work, you go outside and somebody stole your car. You're like, son of a bitch. You call Corey and you say, hey, man, somebody stole my damn car. Impossible. No, it's not impossible. I'm looking out here, my damn car's gone. You need to come do something about it. That, okay, I'll get your rental. We'll come out there and see what happened. So Corey comes back out there and he's like, ah, shit, this was the problem right here. Fix this right here. Keep your rental. We're going to take care of that. Leaves. You set your alarm system again. Next morning comes, you walk downstairs, all your furniture's gone. Somebody's broke in and stole all your damn furniture. Doors just busted open. Son of a bitch. You go out there, somebody stole your rental car too. You're like, God dang. You call Corey back and you say, hey, man, somebody has stole the rental car that you gave me and all my shit. Let me ask you something. You going to keep paying Corey Walton to protect you? Huh? Why in the fuck would I keep paying a union that's not going to represent me? That's not going to protect me? What sense does that make? That's what they expect from us. That's what they expect from you when you call the business agent and say, hey, look here. I'm having problems being protected here. Well, there's nothing I can do for you. Bullshit, baby. <laughs> Bullshit. There's something you can do for me or else there's something I can do for you, which is reduce my funds to you or subtract my funds to you. That's what I can do for you if that's what you want. I'm not going to continue to pay somebody to represent me who's fucking me over. Now, I understand it's more than that. They do uh, up here at the national level. They talk about our raises. We just got one. Our colas, which is fantastic. Our, our benefits, which are amazing. Our retirement, which is second to none. What difference does it make if I'm being bullied on the workroom floor and I'm being fucked over every day by management and my union? Can you tell me that? How can we remedy that? I think there needs to be some kind of conversation, some kind of network from the ground floor, from me as a city letter carrier, to reach out to somebody and say, hey, look here, on my workroom floor, we're getting no representation. We need help. We need help. We've got RGAs now, Regional Grievance Assistance, right? What I would do if I'm the president of this union is I would make the four corners of my state's battlegrounds. And I would say, shop stewards to the west of the state, every quarter we're going to have training over here and we're going to give you the most in-depth training you can get. To the north, we're going to have training every quarter. It's going to be some of the most in-depth training you can get. To the west, to the south, same thing. Everybody's going to get training, hands-on training. We've got people in places that will never see training. This is all they get through from eight arbitration. It's all they get. You know why? How I know that? 
because I get messages all the time. This is all we've gotten. We got new stewards. This is all they've got. We'll get online and read something. Okay, well, I'll get online and read something. But what if I can't translate that into helping me? What if I'm reading that and it still doesn't make sense to me? What if I'm looking at Article 8 and it still doesn't make sense? What if I'm looking at just cause principles, uh, concurrence in these things, indefinite suspension crime situation? What if I'm looking at these things and they just don't make sense? I don't know how to, to put that in contention. Where do I go? What do I do? That's where the union has failed. That's where our past leadership has failed us miserably. I understand the hobnobbing with the, with the politicians. I understand all that. I understand going to all these different committees and meetings and clubs and eating with the best of the best. I understand all of that. But you have fucking left us down here to squander. We, we've got to do better than that with new leadership. We've got to get our people trained. Training equals confidence. And confidence equals badassery. <laughs> Plain and simple. Training equals confidence, and a confident steward is a bad son of a bitch, baby, let me tell you. A confident steward is a bad son of a bitch. We've got to get training to these people in the field. So that's one of the things that I would start with, is that formal A's. What can we do for the formal A? It's the same thing, right? We've got to do training for formal A. We've got to let formal A's understand their importance. You're the most important. The formal A. Man, you're our knight in shining armor, man. You are our knight in shining armor. The formal step A is the baddest of the baddest, man. JB, that motherfucker kicks the shit out of management on the fucking regular, man. God dang, I mean, this son of a bitch, he kicks the fucking door in and says, motherfucker, I'm here. That's JB. That's the formal A to me. You've got to get that file from the informal. And you've got to be able to look at that. And in your mind, know where management's going. Know where you're going. I can remember this right here. I remember these things that I've seen before. I've dealt with this before. How can you do that? It's repetition. It's repetition. It's an eagerness to learn. It's a determination to win. That's the importance of the Formal A. What has our union done for Formal A? They've got advanced Formal A training. A lot of people have to pay their own way to that. That hurts, man. That hurts. We had to take our own leave. We had to pay our own way. It's fantastic training. Trust me. Some of the best of the best have put the training together. It's great training. What if I can't afford it? What if I don't have the leave? What if I've got five kids and they're all in sports and they take up all my leave, huh? And I don't have the leave to go up there for advanced formula training. Am I just left, huh, to fend for myself? Again, the RGA, the business agent's office, the RAAs, regional administrative assistants, we've got to get them in the field training formulas, constant training. Not once a year, not once every two years. Constant training of our formal A's to let them know here's what we have to do in the formal A meeting. These are the things that we need to address. These are the ways, this is the way that we're going to present our, our case file, build our case file so that when it gets to the B team, when it gets to arbitration, we're overwhelming in our position. 
We've got to get out in the field and train our formal A's. We've got to. Maybe we need to to start putting a picture on our 8190s. Maybe that would help. Putting a picture of a mother of three, a single mother of three, on the 8190. So when that goes up, you see who you're fighting for. It's not just a piece of paper. Maybe we need to put a picture of a gentleman who's worked all of his life for the post office, and he's nearing re- retirement, and you've got a manager or supervisor in there that's trying to force him out. They're trying to degrade him, belittle him, bully him, get him the fuck out of the station. You need to retire. You've been here too long. Uh, maybe we need to put his picture on an 8190 so that when it goes up, we see who we're fighting for. It's not just a piece of paper. Maybe we need to do that. Maybe we take a group picture of our carriers for a class action for somebody who's fucking with us on the workroom floor. Put a group picture up on the 8190 and send this up and say, here's who you're fighting for. Don't forget. Don't forget it's not just a piece of paper. Don't forget that, man. We've got a mother, a single mother of three or four who's fighting everything she has to provide for her kids, and we cannot forget who we're fighting for. Put a picture on there. Huh? I know that that's not going to happen, but we've got to figure out a way to remember who we're fighting for because it gets lost as it goes forward. When it gets in that business agent's office and there's a hundred of them sitting there, it's here, look at this one. Look at this one. What can we do to get rid of that? What can we do to get rid of this? Let's pre up that. And we don't see that individual. We don't see that group of carriers that are smiling with their arms around each other that are saying, hey, man, don't forget about us. Don't forget us about us down here on the workroom floor, man. We're doing the best we can. We're coming in every day. We're working hard. We're giving you your eight hours of work for your eight hours of pay, and you're still fucking us over. Hey, Union, don't forget about me, okay? That single mother, hey, please don't forget about me, okay? I'm not just a piece of paper. Okay, the young man who's doing everything he can to survive. He's got hell breaking loose at his house, man. Wife is ill. Kids are ill. Man, it's all he can do to get up and come into work. He's got some attendance issues, man. He's doing his best, doing his best. Hey, Union, don't forget about me, man. This is who I am. This is what I look like, okay? This is my face. Don't. Don't just dismiss me, man, as six months. Don't just look at this as seven months, eight months, a year. Don't do that to me, man. Look at my face. Fight for me. Fight for me. Run to me. Don't run away from me, man. Run to the fight. Don't run away from it, man. I'm the fight, okay? I'm the fight you're going to fight. Run to me. Help me. Don't run away from me, man. As the union... Baby, put that in your mind. Run to the fight, baby. I will be there. (laughs) I'm going to run to the fucking fight, man. I'm going to run to the fight. I remember a while back, uh, it's been a a few years back, I told you about the the supervisor that came in to bust up our station. The, uh, The district manager was after us, big time. Hated me. He hated my guts. He hated my station. 
And uh, I had a rat, a mole, I'll say, not a rat. I'll say a mole because he's a good friend of mine. I won't call him a rat, <laughs> but he was a mole in management. We came up together, started at about the same time in the early 90s. And uh, we came up together. He was a carrier, and he got pretty big in management. And so uh, he would always tell me, hey, man, shit's coming down the pike, baby. You know, look out for yourself. Be ready. Uh, he came out to the station one day. And all my carriers knew him. You know, all my carriers have been there forever. And he came out to my station one day. We're all yucking it up, man. And so he's leaving, and my carriers are there. And he says, Corey, be careful. Be careful. He said, the district manager's coming after you. And my carriers are there with me, you know. And I'll never forget what I said. I said, you tell that motherfucker to come on and tell him I'll be on the back dock waiting on him when he gets here. And my carriers went crazy. <laughs> they went crazy, man. And the dude looked at me just shaking his head, smiling. He knew who I was. I said, yeah, tell this motherfucker to come on and get some. I'll be on the fucking back dock waiting on him when he gets here. Because you're not going to fucking bully me. You're not going to intimidate me. As the shop steward, you got to be fucking kidding, man. You're not going to intimidate me. I run this bitch. And that's exactly what happened. He came after us. He sure did. He sent that boy in there to, to do a man's job. And I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget. Uh, they didn't come after me. You know who they went after? My best friend, Brian Buttry. They fired him about four or five times. <laughs> I swear to God. They fired him. He'd come back and they'd fire him again. You know why? To get to me. To get me to quit. To get me to stop. You know what Brian said? Don't you stop, Corey. Do not stop. I'll be fine. Do not stop getting in their ass. Do not stop fighting them off of us. You keep going. That's what he told me. They kept firing him to get to me. Making up shit. I told y'all that before. They would make up discipline. I have all my carriers sign their discipline. I have all of them sign it. I, you will never see or refuse to sign on any discipline. So I go in there to meet on removal. He's, he has no discipline now. They just go straight to removal on all of it. Why? Because they didn't care. They didn't convenience him. They knew he's going to be out there forever. They'll pay him. They'll pay them to come back. They're trying to get my station. It's the most influential station in my state is my station. Always has been because it gets the volume. But, uh, yeah, kept going after Brian Butcher, man. Y'all ask him. He's on Facebook. You talk to him about it. He'll tell you, man. But what we did was they were sending so many carriers home. We started a bank account. Swear to God. And we would put money in there so people could withdraw from that to pay their bills until I could get them back. Honest to God, that's what happened. That's fighting the fucking fight, man. You don't come after me? Come on, bitch. I'll be on the back dock waiting on you. I promise you that. You won't have to look for me. I'll be there. This same guy that told me this. And here's the difference this is what I came into uh, as my business agent back then. Was His name was Pete Moss. That was his name, really, Pete Moss. A hellraiser. A hellraiser, Pete Moss. But uh, so every Wednesday I was going at Formal A, uh, you know, and then I stepped down and then I got called back 
a little bit later. When I got called back, I stayed up there for a few months. And I remember uh, Pete came up on a Wednesday and he would come uh, about every quarter, maybe come up and eat with me, you know, and uh, I was on my formal A meeting. And I mean, I was doing my formal A work on Wednesday. So he'd come up on Wednesday and take me out to lunch, you know, how, how are things going? How are we looking? You know, how many grievances do we have? What are the biggest issues that we have? Maybe he would tell me things to look out for, you know, they're excessing or doing whatever. So, you know, who do that. So this guy who was my friend, which was the mole, <laughs> he goes and eats with us too. Right. So Pete is, it was never management friendly. He was always, you know, leery. You know, but I knew this guy and I knew that, you know, what he was about. But uh, Pete starts talking about management. He said, I'm seeing the grievances coming down. He said, looks like Corey's kicking the shit out of y'all up here. And then my friend said, yeah, yeah, he is. He said, matter of fact, all the managers in the city said they'd take a pay cut to see him get fired. That's what he told Pete. And Pete says, let me tell you something. If I hear of that going on. I will move my office from Alabama up here and I will go to war with y'all every day if I hear they're targeting my formal A, Corey Walton. That's what he told him. He said, I will move my office from Alabama to Nashville and we will go to war if I hear y'all singling out Corey, y'all going after him. And my buddy is like, hey, man, I'm just playing. And Pete said, I'm not. <laughs> he said, I'm not. That's your business agent. I've got one now who sold me out for 30 pieces of silver, baby. To my own people. Sold me out for a pat on the back, for an attaboy. Let me pat you on the head, little man, for selling Corey out. That's the difference. I had one then who would flat get it, baby. Who would flat get it. And now mine, a friend of mine. I love the guy. Sold me out to my own people at National. For 30 pieces of silver, baby. He ran from the fight. He's a runner. Don't be that. Be like Pete, man. Run to the fight. Wherever it's at, man, here I come. I'm running to the fight. And when I get there, baby, I'm going to get there with bad intention. You got me? That's how we need to be. As our leadership, make sure that we're putting people in position that when they get there, they're going to get there with bad intention. Okay? We're protecting our carriers at all costs. As new leadership, understand that that's the most important thing. Let's do that first before we do anything else, before we sign anything else. Let's make sure that our people are equipped on the workroom floor to fend for themselves, to battle. Okay? If we do that, Man, we're going to be much more successful. And it will leave y'all to do things that y'all need to do at that national level, right? To go out and eat with your friends up there from management, if that's what you do. But I love the old saying, I'd rather eat crumbs with bombs than steaks with snakes. That's got to be our, our life phrase as shop stewards. I'd rather, I'd rather eat crumbs with bombs, baby, than steaks with snakes. Look, we're simple folk down here on the workroom floor, man. We're city letter carriers. We are the grunts. We're the most important individual in 
The Postal Service is the city letter carrier. There is nobody in second. We're it. They cannot survive without us. They can survive without clerks. We can do their work. Janitors, we, most stations, we do our own work anyway. The most important person in the Postal Service is the city letter carrier. Do you know who the most important person is in the National Association of Letter Carriers? Do you know who the most important person is? The letter carrier. The letter carrier is the most important person. <laughs> if it wasn't, then it would be called the National Association of the National Association. If the union was the most important person, wouldn't it? It'd be called the National Association of the National Association. It's not called that, is it? I think it's called the National Association of Letter Carriers. You know why? Because we are the most important ones in our union. And we are the most important ones in the service. That's a fact. Everybody knows that. Nobody is as important to either party <laughs> as the city letter carrier. I've said it before. As soon as we realize that and stand up, when I talk about a ground roots uprising, as soon as we realize that and stand up, we'll get that training that we need. Right? Our shop stewards will get that training that they need. They won't have to go and listen to Corey Walton on From Aid Arbitration. They'll have people come down and train them hands-on. Right? The formal A's will get that training that they need. They don't have to listen to Corey Walton on From Aid Arbitration, wait every Sunday to see what he's got to say, listen to his rants, right? He doesn't get on his squawk box and talk some shit for an hour. They'll get that hands-on training. Our B team will not be influenced by our business agent's office to be chicken shits and cowards and rule on things cowardly. We have a problem with that. We have a problem with that. When our business agent's office succumbs to cowardice, you ever bought a bag of potatoes? Huh? They all look great. And you realize when you get home, you're like, man, what's that smell? Something don't smell right. You're looking around the kitchen, you're smelling. What is that? Get, leads your nose, leads you over there to that bag of potatoes. Like, man, is that that bag of potatoes that smells like shit? And you open it up, and in the middle, you couldn't see it. In the middle, one has gotten rotten. Right? You didn't know that when you picked them up. They all look great. But the one in the middle, man, it had gotten rotten. You know what it does? It infects all the others. All the other healthy ones, it infects them, and they become sour and rotten. The business agent is the same way, baby. If you've got one that's full of cowardice, the motherfucker's going to make everything else cowardly. And that's the way it is. His tentacles, baby, will reach down into the beating, and they will start issuing awards or decisions that are filled with cowardice. I talked about JB and the cease and desist. You'll start seeing B teams sending down <laughs> awards with will comply, shall comply, please comply. We beg you to comply. Piss off, man. Piss off with that shit. Stand up, man. Quit running from the fucking fight. Run to the fight. God dang, nothing pisses me off more than seeing my union leadership running from a fucking fight. Could you imagine being in a fucking war? 
huh? And all your sergeants and generals are up front and shit goes down. You're running to the fight and them motherfuckers running past you going the other way. You're like, what are you motherfuckers going? Fuck, they're fighting up there. Yeah, bitch. That's what we're here for. A lot of these regions, baby, your business agents are running past you away from the damn fight and leaving you to fight by yourself. You know how I know it? I deal with it every day. I see it every day. I see it. Business agents that say, when I tell people when they message me, they'll say, hey, look, Corey, my branch president ain't worth shit. Or my shop steward is piss poor, man. And I'll always tell them, contact your business agent. Contact your business agent, man. See if they can give you some outside help to go and, and get these grievances met on and dealt with. Okay? Call your business agent. And they say, they message me back, the business agent doesn't want to get involved. Why not? Because they don't want to step on the president's toes. Man, fuck the president's toes. Fuck his toes. You squash those motherfuckers if you have to. Who the fuck are you? I'm not going to step on the president's toes. What the fuck are you talking about? I tell you what, I'm taking a fucking mallet to toes, baby, if I was a business agent. You're not going to do what? You're not going to represent who? Get the fuck out of the way. You carry on your presidential duties, man. I'm sending outside help in to get your shit met on. Too many times, baby, I see that. That is something that our leadership at the highest level should be dealing with. That's something that leadership at the highest level should get under control. And that's what I'm saying. We, we were too political with our past leadership. They were so worried about sucking a different party's ass that they forgot about doing the small things right here. Making sure that our business agent's office are, are lions. Okay? Making sure that they're lions. Making sure that they're jackals. Making sure that they're, they're representing you know, we're too busy kissing political people's asses up there in the past leadership. Hopefully our new leadership won't do that. I understand that that has to go on, but damn it. It's the National Association of Letter Carriers. It's not the National Association of Political Figures. Okay? I had an individual reach out to me, and it was about a grievance that I had put up on the FromAidArbitration.com. Jeremy put it up for me. And... It was agreements that we had won several times. And I put those up so y'all can see, you know, kind of where we went with it, the language that we use, uh, things that we had won. And he says that his branch president refuses to, to file the grievance because it, he, he can't win it. Well, you're running from the fight because I've already won the damn thing. I've got it up where I want it. You just don't want to fight it. That's the problem. You're lazy as fuck. So I tell him, I said, call your business agent's office and talk to them and see what they say. He calls me back. He says, hey, talk to the business agent's office. Yeah. And uh, they say that they don't want to take it forward because we may lose an arbitration. And if we lose an arbitration, that's money we wasted. I said, excuse me? They don't want to take it to arbitration because they don't want a decision against them, and that would be money wasted. I said, now who said that? The RA. Let me tell you this. 
The business agent is an elected position. They're elected, right? The RA is an appointed position. They can be unappointed. If I ever, as a president, heard that an RA said that they're not going to go to arbitration because they may lose, let me tell you something. Go back to delivering mail. That's cancerous is what that is. If I'm the president of the NELC and it comes to me that a, an RA said, we're not going to take something forward because we may lose in arbitration and that will be money wasted. If you ever tell me that something is money wasted, baby, you're going back to delivering mail the next morning. You're out. I would, it would be a revolving fucking door of RAs if they're not sitting there fighting. If they're not fighting, they're back delivering. That's exactly what's going to happen. As an RA appointed, and you're going to tell me you're not going to take something because we may lose an arbitration. Let me tell you something. We may lose everything we take to arbitration. It's always 50-50. It's always 50-50. I don't care how good the case is or how bad the case is. Anytime you step into that arbitration room, it's 50-50. We can always lose. So if you're scared about taking something forward because we may lose, you need to go back to delivering mail. You're worthless. You're worthless. As president, I'd get control of that. I would tell your business agents, hey, look here, all the business agents. If you've got cowardice in your business agent's office, I may not be able to do something to you because you're elected, but I'll have a revolving door of people in there under you if they don't get their shit right. RAs, RGAs, if they're not representing, if they're not fighting, if they're not running to the fight, motherfuckers are running back to the route. Plain and simple. I told you this is going to be my state of my union address. What I want to see, right? What I want to see from the things that I've heard from my people. That this is what I would do if I was president. That would never happen. But like I said, you've got to take care of the letter carrier first, right? you got to take care of the workroom floor. If I had a manager or a supervisor who's a bully, I'm addressing it. I'm sending a team in there, and they're going to stay in there for a week. Now, my business agent now is exceptional at that. I give him that. He's exceptional at that. If there's a bully, we're going in on him. Plain and simple. We're going in on him. Waiting on the decision now where we're taking one from arbitration, asking to get his ass out of there. There has to be more accountability, right? Arbitration. Arbitrations. I would live in arbitration. I would live in it. I'm taking management to task in arbitration. I just am. I would live in arbitration. Let me tell you something about arbitration. When I go into arbitration, I'm a fucking nightmare walking, baby, when I go into arbitration. I'm a nightmare walking, son. There's, I mean, when I get into arbitration, that is my shit. Right? Especially if it's got an asshole manager or an asshole supervisor. I am in my element, son. <laughs> I am in my element. Like, like Danzig said, you want to find hell with me, I'll show you what it's like. We'll go to hell in arbitration, son. I'll drag you through it, man. Cannot be scared of arbitration. We cannot be scared of arbitration. Too many times 
I see that shit. We're pre-arbing shit because we're scared of arbitration. We cannot be scared to go into arbitration, man. We just can't. We've got to be in arbitration settling scores with these bastards. These managers that have so many new stewards that talk about management trying to overrun them, supervisors trying to overrun them, trying to bully them. And I tell them, look here, man. I'm going to file so many grievances on their punk ass. Their punk ass is going to be working on grievances all damn day. All day. Their ass, when I had that guy come after me, it was 20 a week. 20 a week I'd have on his ass. I can't remember how many I filed on that young man that they sent in there on us. It was everything. I filed so many grievances on his punk ass. Now, he's he's deceased. He died in a crisis. I ain't going to talk about it. I ain't going to call him that. But I filed so many grievances on him, man. I buried his ass in grievances. Buried him. They would they were, had EPs all over the place. They were firing my people. Brian, like I said, poor guy. Um, I was always in the postmaster's office. Now, he was militant. He was a Marine uh, real badass, man. Big dude. But I'd be in his office, man. We would shut the door and cuss each other like you wouldn't believe. Like you wouldn't believe. I'd be on the edge of my seat. I remember on the edge of my seat leaning over his desk, and we would cuss each other to death. He would talk about my carriers, man, how old they were. They needed to retire. They needed to run. And I would jump his shit, man. I would. I said, look here, man. Why don't you come out there and manage this then? If you're all this, you come out there and manage. I said, I promise you won't last a fucking week. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. I said, you sent a boy to do a man's job. I'm going to have his ass out of there too. He's going to be begging to be moved. Oh, I sent Wyatt Earp out there. Fuck that. I'm going to have his ass begging to move. I promise you. You sent a boy to do a man's job. Why don't you get your shit and come out there and run us then? If you know everything, you wouldn't last a fucking week, man. I remember. We were at it, son. We were at it. Of course, like I said, that guy uh, took me in there and said he raised the white flag. But education is confidence, like I said. Education is confidence. As As leadership in the union, educate us down here, man. Don't ever stop educating us on the workroom floor. Be educating the shop stewards constantly. Don't leave those stations out there by themselves, man. Don't do it. Don't leave those stations out there by themselves. Make sure they're educated. Get a great team of Article 8s, man, and have those people go around educating people on Article 8. Okay? Have a great team on file building. And send them around and get make sure these small officers are getting that training that they need. Right? Education is the most powerful thing in this union. It gives you the most confidence to when you go into that meeting and sit down in front of management, it doesn't matter what they say, you know that you're right. Right? It doesn't matter what they say, I know I'm right. Educate us. Leaders, <laughs> educate us, President. Make sure that we're educated. I, I get y'all have responsibilities. 
and y'all have got duties up there. I talk about politics. I understand that side of it, man. I do. You got to hobnob with those people to make sure they're on our side. I get it. But if you spend most of your time sucking their ass, you're leaving us down here by ourselves. You're leaving us down here unattended and uneducated. And they're having to listen to this guy rant and rave on from aid arbitration, right? That shouldn't be the case, man. That shouldn't be the case, but it is. Like I said, if it wasn't, you would have never heard the name Corey Walton if, if that was the case. But there are just a couple, just a couple who reached out to me and said, hey, we're failing our people, man. We're failing our people. We've begged for training. It's not happening. We're failing our people. This is what we want you to do. And bam, here's from aid arbitration, Corey Walton. <laughs> yeah. We're having a good time of it, though, right? We're having a good time of it. What do we do with... What do we do with bad seeds as far as shop stewards are concerned? Talked a little bit about that earlier. What do we do with, the, with those that are in bed with management? How do we handle that situation as a union? Uh, we're talking about the state of our union address, right? Uh, a lot of places send me things where the shop steward is in bed with management. What do we do there? You know, how do we combat that? A lot of people don't want to mess with that. A lot of presidents just want to turn their back to that, turn a blind eye to it. Uh, you talk to the business agents, they want to turn a blind eye to it. Well, what can we do there? Who's going to listen? Who's going to help? Uh, Jason Atchley and me got sent into a station. It was probably the worst I've been in. I can say that. It was the worst I've been in. The shop steward used to be a fantastic steward. I've been to arbitration on some of his shit. He was really good. Uh, and a supervisor started working there. They were best friends. They went on vacations together, the family's vacation together, and he turned straight asshole and turned against the carriers. And he was, I couldn't believe it when I first heard it. I couldn't believe it because the guy was so good that when my branch president called me and he's like, hey, you got to go out in this station. What's up? The shop stewards turned his back on the carriers. And I was like, what station is that? Such and such. Impossible. No, seriously. Uh, he had turned against the carriers. And the thing was, he had about three or four carriers that were major bullies, intimidators, and they were awful. I mean Awful. And if you know Jason Ashley, you can ask him about it. So we go out there, and sure enough, man, we were nose-to-nose -nose with some of these guys. I mean nose-to-nose, -nose, fixing to peel some skull caps back on some of these guys, man. They were not having it that we were coming in there to protect those carriers. These are letter carriers now. So we go out there. On this supervisor. Now, the supervisor was making sweetheart deals with the, the steward and his cronies. Sweetheart, they had it made, son, made. So when we come out there, they know we're trying, we're going to upset the apple cart a little bit, right? And so we go into this office and we carry, take about, I can't remember, 10, 11 of them in the office are doing surveys. So here's this motherfucker chirping, man, one of these cronies. 
chirping. Y'all need to be out there getting on these carriers. Y'all need to be out there. And I said, hey, hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. We're not here on, about letter carriers. We're here about supervisors. That's the problem. If you don't want to do the survey, my man, stand the fuck up and get out. Are you, are you threatening me? I said, I just told you, get your fucking ass out if you're going to sit here and bitch the whole time. If not, fill the survey out and get to stepping. He jumps up, man. He's walking towards me, and I'm thinking, here we go, motherfucker. Let's get it. And he's walking towards me, and I said, like, yeah. And Jay, I know he's over here like, what in the fuck is going on? And uh, he walks by me, slams the door open, you know. I'm kind of like, yeah, that's right. That's what I thought. You know, some of that old jail came out in me. And so, <laughs> and so the shop steward, he starts walking. He was tall, about 6'3", big guy. He starts walking out, so I stepped in front of him. He said, I need to get out. And I said, no, I said, I need you to hang on just a second. So everybody got out, and here's the last one. I said, man, what happened to you, man? What happened to you? What are you talking about, Corey? I said, baby, don't do that with me. I said, man, you used to be hellacious as a shop steward, man. I said, you're one of the best I've ever seen. What happened, man? Where'd it go wrong? And Jay's standing right there. He can tell you this whole conversation. I said, I, I couldn't believe it when I heard about you, man. I couldn't believe it. Because he always looked up to me. He would always call me when I was at Formula way back when. I'd help him out. I said, you know, man, I, I've always respected you, man. I said, I remember when you first started. I knew you was going to be successful. I said, it breaks my heart to see what's going on out here, man, because you're better than that. You're better than that. And so he just put his head on down and walked out, and he stepped down. And they haven't. They put another guy in there. He's doing really well now. But I just remember that the toxicity of it, it was so toxic you could feel it when you walked in there, how toxic this place was. The carriers were beaten because you got a supervisor who is a straight up tyrant. I mean, one of the worst we have seen. And you've got these cronies in the steward offering no help. Now, where does the letter carrier go for that? Huh? Where does the letter carrier go for that? I've got a lot reaching out to me with the same situation, and they're being let down by the business agent's office, by the RAs and all those, the presidents. They're being let down. Where do they go for that? You know, don't tell me to call national. I call national. You don't answer my fucking phone call, or you don't return my fucking phone call. I've got to have help somewhere, right? Because I'm paying you for my alarm system. Right, for my protection. I'm paying you for my protection, right? What am I paying you for if you're not going to protect me? I might as well be throwing that fucking money out the window. I might as well just go get my wallet and throw that shit out the window because you're not helping me. You're not protecting me. You've left me in here. You've cut my leg and I'm in here in the lion's den, man. They can smell that blood. They can smell that. They're circling me. I'm in danger. I need your help, and you've abandoned me. What good are you? What good are you? My branch president set us loose on him. He said, hey, I'm, I'm getting a team together. You're going in there. I love my branch. It was Dave Clark. I told you he's since retired. He was like that, though, man. Hey, I'm, I'm setting the dogs loose on this station, man. Corey, get you a team together. Y'all going in there. I've called the business agent's office, told them, Jay's coming up. Y'all go in there. I'm putting the pit bulls in on their, on their asses, man. And that's what we did. As a, as a union, 
as our State of the Union address, <laughs> that's one of the things that we need to concentrate on is piss poor shop stewards. What do we do? What do we do about that? Huh? We need to do a better job of educating our business agents office on how to handle those situations. It can never be, I don't want to interfere with the branch president. I don't want to step on toes. Don't, don't fuck me over because you're afraid to step on toes, right? Don't, don't fuck us over on this workroom floor because you're afraid to step on toes. It can't be that. It can't be that. Another thing that we need to work on, to me, are things like that, that came down about this hour office time. You've got too many, too many positions on that. And I don't know that any of them are wrong, and I don't know how many of them are right. But you had this thing come down with the hour office time. Nobody knows what to do. To me, as the National Association of Letter Carriers is concerned, they should have heard that and said, listen here, business agents, here's how we're going to deal with that if it's coming out of your office. Everybody's going to be on the same page. We're not going to do something in California and something in Maine and something in Florida. Everybody's going to be on the same page with this hour office time. Here's the template for it. Here's how we're going to deal with it. Here's what we're going to request. If we're going to grieve it, here's what we need to do. We've got to do a better job of that. Plain and simple. You can't leave people to fend for themselves because I don't know. When an hour office time, I'm thinking to myself, what in the fuck you do with that? It, it, just leaving an hour. The JB was talking to the postmaster the other day, last week. And uh, she said, man, the area vice president is all over me. The AVP, he is all over us. He's like, what's up? This hour office time, you know, because they don't enforce it here. You know, he's, he just says, you know, there is absolutely no reason for letter carriers to be in the office more than an hour. So the AVP is saying that. There's no reason for the carriers to be in the office over an hour. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. What if I've got 10 feet of mail? What do we do then? I've got 33 minutes of office time, and I know a lot of people are giving that up to make this hour office time. They're, they're sacrificing that to get out in an hour because they don't want conflict. <laughs> they don't want people to look at them hard or mean. That pisses me off. But anyway, where was the directive from National? What Did your business agent ever sell you anything about it? Did anybody out there hear anything from the business agent's office about an hour office time, how we're going to beat that? Or did they just leave us to fend for it ourselves? Hmm? What about the memos? Did y'all hear about that from anybody other than me? Did other people tell y'all about them? Hmm? Got to do a better job, man, at the national level. Got to do a better job at the national level saying, look, here's things that we're hearing about. Business agents, here we're how we're going to address them. Get all the business agents together and say, look, we've got great minds in here. How would y'all beat that? We've got great minds sitting at this table or on this Zoom call. What are y'all's thoughts about the hour office time? Well, this, 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 and this. Okay, let's write all this shit down. Let's make a template. Bam. S business agents, send that out to all your, your branch presidents. This is how we're going to deal with our office time. No. We didn't do that. Why? Because we got our tongue up politicians' asses. That's why.
We're so worried about pats on the back from this politician or that politician at the highest level. We're so worried about degrading another party as a parting shot. To worry about shit that's going on the workroom floor, you're a fucking failure, man, if that's what you do. You're a failure if that's what you do, if that's who you are. You worry about us. Don't you worry about that shit, man. Don't you worry about them pats on the back. You worry about me on this workroom floor, right? They're taking advantage of your people, man. What are you going to do about it? They're taking advantage of your people. What are you going to do about it? Huh? You going to sit in your fat cat chair, man, with your feet up on the desk, smoking your cigar? Hmm? Is that what you're going to do? Fuck the letter carrier. Is that what you're going to do? I just wasn't raised that way. I wasn't raised that way. I'm ready to brawl at all times. I am ready to fucking brawl. Ask anybody that's ever worked with me at any place, <laughs> at the jail, at the post office, I'm ready to fucking get it. You know why? Because I was raised that way. That's my mother. That's my mother. Corey, you don't take shit from nobody. And don't you ever let anybody stand by themselves. Your brother in something, you better be your ass better be in there on it. Somebody messing with your sister, now she's nine years older than me, but somebody messing with your sister, you better take an ass whipping defending her. Right? At the jail, Corey, don't ever run from a fight. Always run to it. Because there's two people in this life. There are two kinds of people. Those that run to the fight. And those that run from it, NALC at every level, Mr. Renfro, all the way down to Corey Walton on the shop, on the workroom floors, the shop steward. Listen, everybody in between run to the fight. You run to the fucking fight. Don't you ever run from it too many times, too many times. People in our leadership have run from the fight. We're running to the fight, and they're running past us going the other way, scared to death because they're fucking chicken shit. Don't be that way, man. Do not leave us like that. Okay? You fight for us. You fight. All the time. You fight. Don't you be scared of anything. Shop stewards, don't you be scared of nothing, man. Don't you be scared or intimidated. We're going to educate ourselves. Education is power. Education is confidence, right? We're going to educate ourselves. New leadership, let's get it going, okay? I'll help you as much as I can. I'll go anywhere in this country you want me to go, man. We'll train. I know there's a million just like me. New leadership, president, let's train our people. Let's educate them. If that was my state of my union address, that's it. Education is power. It is. It's the greatest weapon we have. It goes with the 8190. And I'm going to bury some punk asses with 8190s. And I'm going to file so many that through the rubble, <laughs> through the paper, the mounds of paper, through it all, I'm going to see a stick with a white flag come up and say, please, God, leave me alone. Please, let's work together. I'm sorry. I've had it happen before. 
I know that it does. <laughs> the baddest of the baddest, man, will succumb to the weight of the 8190. They will succumb to the weight of the 8190. You just have to file enough until it does. Some can stake, take more than others. Some's just a few. Some it's years worth. But we'll get them. We'll get them. Protect your people at all costs. Protect your people at all costs. Run interference. You see some shit going down, run interference. Y'all ever seen Smokey and the Bandit? <laughs> Y'all ever seen that? Burt Reynolds would run interference, right? So, so that uh, Jerry Reed could run that truck on. Y'all remember? Jerry Reed would take off in that truck, man. <laughs> and Burt Reynolds, would, cops would be having Burt Reynolds run interference for him. That's you, shop steward. Run interference for your people. Get in the way of it. Get in the way. You're the shepherd. You're the protector, right? You're the shield. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget. You've got a lot of power in that, in that station, man. A lot of power. Understand that. Shop stewards give you a lot of power, a great deal of weight in that station. If somebody's coming after your people, be in the middle. Stand in the gap. Do that. Okay, well, that's my state of my union address. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too much for you, but that's just been on my heart. Um, that's not what this is about. It's about education. Uh, I can't get away from that, you know. Sometimes I do. This one I did. Uh, but, you know, next month is, is uh, our new leadership comes in, right? Next month, our new leadership comes in, and I'm, you know, I'm hopeful uh, that things go well, you know, and uh, anytime there's new leadership, you're skeptical, but hopeful, and so, but for me, as a shop steward and a letter carrier on the workroom floor, that's my state of our union address, that's how I feel, um, I would love to see more training, I think that that's where it starts, and that's where it ends is send your people out, like I said, educate your people, have them educated. It builds confidence in the most meek of us. It does. It builds confidence in the most meek of us is education, right? The shop steward, the formal A, educate us. It's confidence. It's power. There's no greater power than education. Um, so if you're listening, <laughs> leaders, uh, that would be my plea as a letter carrier and as a shop steward here on the ground roots level, right? Hopefully there wasn't too much for y'all. It's an hour and 20 minutes. That's not too long, is it, right, for a State of the Union address? So, uh, man, that's my heart. Uh, y'all have my heart. The city letter care, y'all are my heart. Uh, I love y'all with all of it. Every bit of it I give to y'all. I love y'all. And uh, so I want to see y'all protected. I hate getting messages. People are getting overrun by management and the union. I wish I could be there for you. You know, sometimes I just want to pack my shit and drive out to you and help. <laughs> I hate it. With everything in me, I hate it. When I see that my union is for forsaken us, 
right? We cannot give in to despair regardless of how bad it is. There's got to be an avenue, and that's what I'm talking about. There's got to be an avenue that's told to us, this is where you go. This is what you do when when that happens. This is where we go to the shop steward or to the carrier who has no hope, who is giving in to despair. This is where you go, and I'm going to take care of you. There has to be that voice on the other end of it saying, I got you. I got you. I promise you. I've got you. Hang on. I'm coming. Hang on. I'm coming. Right? I'm coming. Because I run to the fight. And when I get there, I get there with bad intention. Whoever it is. (laughs) Whoever it is. Like when Jay and I had to go there. We came with bad intention against our own. If that's what it takes, baby, that's what it takes, right? All right, there's my state of my union address. (laughs) I hope that that was all right for you. I love each and every one of you, man, and I'm I'm here for you. I try to do everything that I can to help you. Now, listen here. For some reason, my messenger on Facebook is not working. It will come on ever so often. If you have messaged me and I've not gotten back to you, I'm not ignoring you. I swear to God, I'm not. For some reason, I turn my phone off, turn it on. It'll cut on for a little bit, and I can answer a few of them. And for some, and then it'll start spinning. So if anybody knows why it's doing that, message me on email or on Titan. That's all from madearbitration.com. Uh, but I'm I'm not ignoring you. I swear, uh, my messenger is not working for some reason. Okay. Uh, get on from madearbitration.com. A lot of you have questions about things. Go on to citations. Scroll all the way down. It's got a lot of stuff that you asked me about is on there. It's on citations, right? Uh, Lindsay on from Ada Arbitration, the Facebook page. Get on there. Uh, she does a fantastic job with that. Uh, she's been fantastic. Now you got Discord. That's a fun little group, man. Like I say, it's all hours of the night. Great conversations now. A lot of instructional information, a lot of education going on on there. Uh, get on there. Discord, a lot of good stuff going on in there. You got um, Reddit, <laughs> funny stuff on there, man. That dude does a great job with that. Reddit, um, Instagram, and Twitter, also crazy, isn't it? For made arbitration, <laughs> well, never thought that. I, honest to God, I, I thought I would do a handful of these and be done with it. I didn't think that it would be seventy something episodes, and I'm not even halfway done. You know. I thought it would be, from what I understood, these are the things that we need educated about, talk to them about discipline, case file building, let's do some Article 8s and stuff. I ain't got to Article 8 yet, and I'm 70-something episodes into it. I thought I'd be done a long time ago and just pay monthly to have it up for new stewards to get on there and want to get educated on some discipline and whatnot. But it's kind of taken off. It's crazy. Just to have some southern boy up here just ranting, talking shit. (laughs) But anyway... Um, the YouTube channel, Jeremy McCall does a fantastic job with that. Get on there. You'll see him. Uh, he's teamed up with a good friend of his. They're doing a great job on that YouTube from eight arbitration. You can see them. They, they do great instructional things there. Jeremy's one in a million, man. That dude is fantastic. Uh, again, thank you to, to Mr. Cariff, the shepherd. Uh, uh we knew, we know, <laughs> It sounds bad. It cuts in and out. We know that. Um, But 
Uh, we think it's his earbuds, like we said. We had talked about him doing it again and just came, to, you know, as an hour and a half, and my man pouring his heart out. was like, you know, you got emotion in there, man. You got some some good stuff, and so we left it on there. That's a powerful dude, man. Loves his people. Just think about that. Business agent. $140,000 a year is what they make, something around that. Pulls over to the side of the road so he can talk to you all for an hour and a half. Think about that. That's something, huh? That's running to the fight. <laughs> That's running to the fight. Next week, John Poskin, he's ready. We've talked. He's excited. <laughs> he's going to do something about some transfers. It's a big topic. A lot of people message me. The two biggest topics are quarterly overtime and transfers. That's the reason I asked him to do those. And then JB's going to do quarterly overtime. He's going to tell you his formula and talk about that. And then I don't know what I'm going to do after that. I've got so many topics, man. I've got lists of shit I need to do. And I've got to be careful. I don't want to get interrupted through the Christmas break because I'll be working so late. So got to be careful with that. But anyway, that's where we're at, okay? So our State of Our Union address, that's from me to y'all. That's what I feel. Hopefully it helped you. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. <laughs> but I'll talk to y'all next week. Man, y'all have a fantastic week. It's getting busy in there, man. Y'all be careful. It's getting dark early. Packages rolling in. Flats rolling in. DPS going crazy. And dumbass management. It's a it's a recipe for disaster. Y'all do your thing. Do your thing, okay? Let your shop suit handle your business. Do your thing. Get home to your families. Enjoy yourselves. And I'll talk to y'all next Sunday, all right? I love y'all. Bye.